Chapter 21 He he fell off the catwalk, Selina uttered, feeling numb, feeling dazed, as if the words she spoke into the phone receiver had no meaning, made no sense. He broke his neck. The police said it was an accident. I just can't believe it. Katie's voice trembled on the other end of the line. What was Jake doing up on the catwalk? No one knows, Selina replied. Then she added in a whisper, No one will ever know. She shuddered as she remembered the way Jake's blank, lifeless eyes had stared up at her. She remembered screaming and tearing at her hair. For how long? She didn't know. The school custodian found her slumped against the wall near Jake's body. Oh, Selina, Katie sighed. I feel so bad. I'm sorry I wasn't with you when you found him. I still can't believe. Katie's voice trailed off. She let out a sob. I, I can't talk anymore, Selina choked out. I had to call you, Katie. I know it's really late. The police kept me there for hours. I don't care what time it is, Katie cried. Is your mom home? No, she's at work. I'll tell her when she gets home. She'll be very upset, too. I'll come over if you want, Katie offered. I don't think you should be alone. I want to be alone, Selina answered. Thanks anyway. Katie's voice came out tiny and soft, like a little girl's. You sure? Yeah. Thanks. Good night. See you tomorrow, Katie replied in a whisper. Selina hung up the phone and stared at the receiver. Will my life ever be normal again, she wondered. Will I ever get used to Jake not being around? At least I don't have to be afraid anymore, she thought. The stalker is dead. Jake. 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 His name repeated in her mind until it became a meaningless chant. Jake, why did you threaten me? Jake, why did you hate me so much? Play rehearsals were postponed till the end of the week. Selena stayed home from school most of the next week. Her mom wanted her to get over the shock instead of pretending that everything was normal. As Selena entered the auditorium on Friday afternoon, she felt strange, almost as if she were an intruder. What's wrong with me, she wondered. The stage is where I belong. Why don't I feel comfortable here? She sensed that everyone else felt strange, too. Even Danny acted less obnoxious than usual. Hey, Selena, he said gently. I'm sorry about Jake. I know how close you were. Thanks, Danny, Selena murmured. How are you feeling? Kitty asked sympathetically. I feel so sad, Katie, Selena replied. I still can't believe that Jake wanted to hurt me. I wish, I wish I had a chance to talk to him before the accident. I know, Katie agreed. I keep thinking of when we were little. Remember that old tree house in Jake's yard? We were such good friends then. Nothing ever came between us. That was fun, Selena replied. I always had the best times of my life with you and Jake. Places, everyone, Mr. Riordan called. When all the cast members had gathered, he cleared his throat and stared gravely at them. Our theater family has suffered a terrible tragedy, he announced dramatically. We'll all miss Jake. But, as Jake himself would have agreed, the show must go on. Is that all there is to it? Selena wondered. Does the show really have to go on, no matter what happens? Mr. Riordan directed them to begin. Selena took a deep breath and prepared to speak her lines, but it didn't seem to work. When Danny uttered Romeo's words, she saw Jake's face. When the boy who had taken Jake's role spoke his lines, Selena imagines Jake in his place. During a break, she wandered backstage. She wondered why Eddie hadn't come to rehearsal today. Selena had only spoken to him once since Jake's death. She hadn't told him that Jake was the stalker. She couldn't bear to think about it. Katie sat backstage on a prop table, looking nearly as glum as Selena felt. How's it going? Katie asked. What are you doing back here? Selena frowned. I just can't get into it. 
I know what you mean. I've messed up the lighting cues three times. The stage manager is ready to kill me. I keep thinking the show must go on, Selena continued, but I don't get it. Why should we keep doing the dumb play? Jake is dead. That's more important than a play. I wish I'd realized that earlier. Maybe Jake would still be alive. You can't blame yourself, Katie replied softly. I can't help it, Selena cried. I understand it now. When Jake wrote those notes, he was trying to get me to stop taking the play so seriously. They're all I ever thought about. Katie nodded. Maybe so. I guess he thought if he scared me, I'd give it up. But I didn't pay attention to him. I should have listened. Places, Mr. Riordan called from the front of the auditorium. Selena, where is Selena? Selena started toward the curtain. She didn't know she would have the strength to finish this rehearsal. Every time she thought of Jake, she wanted to cry. No play is worth dying for, she thought, and no scholarship is worth losing a friend for. She stopped and turned back to Katie. You know what? I've made a big decision. Chapter 22 Mr. Riordan, Selina called. I need to tell you something. It's important. The rehearsal had just ended, and the teacher was stuffing his script into a leather briefcase. Not now, Selina, he answered, straightening up. I'm already late. It won't take long, Selina promised. Sorry, Mr. Riordan called, striding to the door. Catch me tomorrow morning. You were great tonight, by the way. But see you tomorrow. With a brusque wave, Mr. Riordan disappeared through the door. Did you tell him? Did you tell him you're leaving the play? Katie's voice startled Selina. She hadn't heard her friend approach. No, she answered unhappily. He was in some kind of a super rush. Selina ran a shaky hand through her hair. I can't stand it, Katie, she moaned. I'm so jumpy. I should feel safer now that I know the stalker is gone, right? But everything about this play still feels wrong. Well, I think you're doing the right thing, Katie replied. Getting out of this play will be good for you. It will take your mind off Jake. I know, Selina agreed. If only Mr. Riordan had let me tell him tonight. Tell him what? A voice demanded. Selina turned to see Danny standing behind her. Instead of his usual smirk, he wore a concerned expression. Well, Danny, Selina said, I didn't know you were there. I saw you two talking, so I thought I'd join you, he said. You were excellent tonight, Selina. Danny, please, Selina started. No, I mean it, he insisted. I thought you were really brave to go on. I mean, after what happened to Jake. Yeah, right, Selina muttered. What were you going to tell Mr. Riordan, Danny demanded. It's nothing. Selina lowered her eyes to the floor. Tell him, Selina, Katie urged. He'll find out sooner or later anyway. I guess so, Selina agreed. She took a deep breath. I'm quitting the play, she announced. Danny's mouth dropped open in surprise. He narrowed his eyes at Selina. This is a joke, right? he asked. No, Selina assured him. I'm serious. I think it's what Jake would have wanted. Are you totally nuts? Danny exclaimed. You're going to quit the play because of an accident? Selina nodded but didn't reply. To her surprise, her announcement made Danny angry. Oh, I get it, he said unpleasantly. You just can't stand it, can you, Selina? You can't stand not being the center of attention. Since Jake's accident, everyone is talking about him, not you. So you have to do something to get the attention back to you. Selina gasped. She felt as if he'd slapped her. What a gross thing to say. You are the crudest, most obnoxious. It's the truth, Danny insisted bitterly. Leave her alone, Danny, Katie cried. Why should I? He exploded. This is so typical, 
Selena is the star. We can't have to play without Selena. Selena is upset. Selena is frightened, Danny ranted. Well, you know what, Selena? Everyone's getting a little sick of your selfishness. If you quit, you'll hurt a lot of people. Selena stared at him, tears in her eyes. She had never expected him to attack her this way. She hadn't even thought about what would happen if she quit. But you don't care about the rest of us, do you? He went on. All you care about is yourself. What makes you comfortable? What's important to you? You've really changed. I said leave her alone, Katie yelled. She tugged at Danny's jacket, but he paid no attention to her. He glared at Selena. Do you know what will happen if you drop out of the play? It will be canceled, that's what. Nobody else can play Juliet but Allison, and she's still in a neck brace. All of the work the rest of us did will be wasted, all because of you. Stop it, Katie yelled. Can't you see how bad Selena feels? She wants to quit. It's not her fault there's no other Juliet. What about the other seniors in the play? Danny continued. For some of us, it's the last chance ever to be on stage, Selena. We're not all going off to acting school, you know. Selena's head spun. She hadn't thought about anything except how much she missed Jake. She turned to Katie, who stood in front of her like a protective bulldog. He's right, Selena said softly. I can't quit the play now. It would hurt too many people. I wasn't thinking. But, Katie started. It's okay, Selena assured her. I can do it. It won't kill me to do the play. Selena gazed at the glowing numbers on her digital clock. It was 3.02 a.m. She stretched out and yawned. Something had awakened her. A noise. She listened hard. Silence now. She turned over, but her eyes didn't want to close. I'll have a glass of ice water, she decided. That always helped her relax. She tiptoed downstairs to the kitchen. She drank a few swallows of water from the bottle. She was about to replace it in the refrigerator when something caught her eye. Something white. In the crack underneath the kitchen door. A piece of paper. Another note. Don't be ridiculous, Selena scolded herself. This can't be from the stalker. Jake was a stalker, and he is dead. A feeling of dread tightened in Selena's stomach as she bent down to retrieve the note. She raised it into the rectangle of light from the open refrigerator, saw the printed letters, and the orange sun sticker at the bottom, and knew that the stalker was still alive. Chapter 23 Dear Selena, Surprise! You thought you had it all figured out, but you were wrong, dead wrong. Jake was wrong, too. That's why he had to die. I'm still watching you. I'll be in your audience at the dress rehearsal. Poor Juliet. She died such a horrible death. Poor Selena, too. The sun. Selena turned the note over and over in her hands. She held her breath, waiting for her body to stop trembling. Then she shut the kitchen door, fastened the chain latch, locked the bolt, and gazed out into the yard. The trees of the Fear Street woods cast long, slender shadows into her backyard. Was he out there? Was the sun hiding in the woods somewhere, watching her? She turned away from the window, feeling cold and numb. Jake was not the sun. She thought back to the last conversation she'd had with him. It seems like a hundred years ago. Meet me at the auditorium, he had told her. I found out something about the sun. Whatever he had found out meant his death. The sun had killed Jake. The sun wasn't joking. He really was a murderer. And now he was going to kill Selena. I won't give in to him, she vowed. I'm going to finish this play for Jake, and I'll find out who the son is. I'll find out and see that he is caught. 
The son had said he'd be watching the dress rehearsal, so Selina decided to watch for him. Maybe he would do something to give himself away. I should be scared, Selina thought as she began to button the linen, high-necked blouse of her Juliet costume, but I'm not. I'm too angry to be scared. The sun is out there, and I'm going to figure out who he is. Selina? A familiar voice brought her out of her thoughts. Oh, hi, Allison. How's it going? Allison asked. Need any help with your hair? Allison wore the black coveralls of a stagehand, her neck brace covered with a dark scarf. I'm almost ready, Selina replied. I just need a little more hairspray. Break a leg, Allison said softly. I know how hard this rehearsal must be for you. Thanks, Selina smiled. But the show must go on, right? She finished her hair, then joined Mr. Riordan and some of the others in a corner of the backstage area. We have a good-sized audience, Mr. Riordan told them. I invited some of the coaches, and most of the football team is here. You're kidding, Kitty laughed. It seems like a good idea, he replied. A good way to fill the house in the afternoon. Selina peeked through the curtain. Half of the seats were filled, the biggest audience they'd ever had for a dress rehearsal. How am I going to find the sun, she wondered, studying the faces. Break a leg, Selina, a husky voice whispered in her ear. She spun around to see Eddie grinning at her, his eyes flashing excitedly. Thanks, she murmured. Aren't you going to watch? I wish I could, he told her, his smile fading. But I have a class this afternoon. I'm sure you'll do a great job, though. I wish you could stay, she told him sincerely. I'm so nervous. I know you still feel bad about Jake, he said but you won't let that affect your performance. You are too good for that. Selina stared at him. She really didn't want him to leave. She needed to talk to him. She needed him to be there watching her. Places, Mr. Riordan's shout interrupted. Eddie rushed off stage. The other actors swarmed around Selina. She calmed herself by taking several slow, deep breaths. I'm ready, she thought, ready to become Juliet. For the last time, said a voice in her head. Unless you find the sun. Curtain, Mr. Riordan called. The rehearsal went well. Once the play started, Selina forgot about the sun and her fear. Whenever she performed, she forgot about her Selina self, as she called it, and felt herself inhabiting the character, her Juliet self. Even the fact that her Romeo was Danny Morris didn't interfere with her performance. While she was acting, she felt that she was Juliet, desperately in love with Romeo. She was dimly aware of the audience, sometimes laughing, sometimes murmuring. As the curtain went down for the last time, applause filled the auditorium. The curtain went up again. As Selina bowed, she imagined that Jake was on the stage beside her. He should be here, Selina thought. This play is for him, and I'll never quit acting. I'll dedicate all my performances to Jake. My life would have no meaning if I quit acting. Standing next to her, Danny took hold of her hand and squeezed. She tried to pull away, but he held on tighter. Cut it out, she growled out of the side of her mouth. But he continued to grasp her hand. As soon as the curtain dropped again, she angrily yanked her hand away from him. Let me go, she shouted. Hey, I was just staying in character, Danny protested. Well, you can get out of it right now, she stormed away. She waved to Mr. Riordan. Good show, he called, looking up from his clipboard. I'll have notes for everyone after school tomorrow. Selina hurried to the backstage locker room. She'd promised her mother she'd get home early to help with some chores. She ignored the excited voices and laughter of the other drama club members. She changed her outfit. Then she searched for her backpack. 
the kids all tossed their backpacks against the back wall. Selina grabbed up each one, then dropped it back to the floor. I'm going to miss the bus, she thought. Where is my backpack? Oh, she remembered she had left it in her locker in the front of the building. Hey, Selina, she heard Katie calling to her. No time, Selina called back. She ran to the hallway and headed at full speed toward her locker all the way on the other side of the building. Breathing hard, she fumbled with the lock, finally pulled the locker open. What a disaster area. She'd been meaning to clean it out for weeks. She pulled out the backpack, frantically shoved books and papers from the locker floor inside, slammed the locker, locked it, and ran to the bus stop. She didn't check the contents of the backpack until after dinner. She went up to her room, planning to do her homework. The backpack was jammed so full, she couldn't find anything she needed. So she dumped everything out on the bed and saw the square white envelope, the square white envelope with the sticker of the orange sun in the corner. Another note. With a cry of disgust, Selina tore open the envelope and quickly scanned the ugly message. Dear Selina, how did you like my new surprise? Bet you'd never guess I'd kill another one. Another person close to you, in the same place, too. You should have listened to me, but you did the play anyway. So it's not my fault, it's yours. I told you I would be at dress rehearsal, Selina. It was the perfect time to kill someone. I'll be at opening night, too. It will be the perfect time to kill you. The sun. Selina stared at the note, unable to breathe, unable to move. Someone else killed? Who? Chapter 24 Killed someone? Selina read the note again, her pulse racing, the words flashing as she squinted at them. What on earth was the son talking about? He claimed he'd killed another one, but no one had been killed, or even hurt. Selina forced her mind to focus. The son said he had killed someone in the auditorium, killed someone as he had killed Jake, at dress rehearsal. But dress rehearsal had been over for hours, and it had gone perfectly smooth. No one had died. No one... No one, no one, oh. Selina let out a moan of horror as she realized what had happened. The note, it had been shoved into her locker in the front hall. The stalker didn't think she'd go back to her locker. He had left a note there for her to see tomorrow morning. She wasn't supposed to receive this note until tomorrow. A chill crept down Selina's spine as she understood. She wasn't supposed to see this note until after the son had killed whoever he was planning to kill. Until after tonight, she felt sick. Someone was in terrible danger. Tonight. Now. Because of her. I have to go back to school, she decided. I've got to stop him. And then she had an even more chilling thought. The son was threatening to kill someone close to her. There weren't many people left. Katie. No, please. I can't let him kill Katie. Selena grabbed up the phone and punched in Katie's number. One ring. Two. Three. Come on, Katie. Pick it up. Pick it up. No one home. Katie is probably back at school working on the lights, Selena realized. Yes, Katie must be there. She's walking into a trap. She grabbed her jacket and started out of her room. The phone rang. Selena grabbed it quickly. Please be Katie, she prayed. Selena, it's Eddie. Eddie, she exclaimed. Ordinarily, she would have been happy to hear his voice, but not now. Not now. Are you okay? He asked. Yeah, but I don't have time. You sound upset, he interrupted. 
I won't keep you. I just called to say I'm sorry I couldn't watch your rehearsal this afternoon. That's okay, Selena said, scarcely listening. So, how did it go? What? Oh, the rehearsal. It went great, she told him impatiently. I've really got to go. Fine, he replied, but I'd like to see you tonight. Are you busy later? It's seven now. Could I meet you at eight? I... Selena didn't know how to answer. I don't know. There's something I have to do. Can I help? I wish I could, Selena declared, but no one can help. I have to go. Okay, Eddie replied, his voice disappointed. But I've got to go now, Selena repeated. Bye. She hung up the phone, feeling guilty and afraid. Maybe I should have told Eddie what's going on, she thought, but I can't trust him. I can't trust anybody. She shut her eyes tightly and tried to calm down. Katie, Katie is in danger because of me. I can't let him hurt her, whoever he is. She grabbed her jacket and hurried out the door. The Shadyside High parking lot stood empty except for the custodian's van. Selena didn't see a single light shining from the building. She pulled a pocket flashlight from her backpack and crossed the parking lot to the back of the school. The heavy double doors of the auditorium appeared dark and forbidding. Selena glanced over her shoulder. I'd feel better if there were cars here, she thought. Is the son already here? Is he waiting for his victim? At least Katie's car wasn't in the student lot. Maybe Katie isn't here, Selena hoped. Maybe the stage crew isn't working tonight. The doors were shut, but not locked. She pulled them open. Selena stepped inside the darkened auditorium, moving as silently as she could. She switched on the flashlight and swung it around. Empty. No one here. No one in the seats. No one on the stage. Was Katie up on the catwalk working on the lights? Trying to stay calm, she called out. Katie, are you here? No answer. And then Selena heard a sound that made her gasp and drop the flashlight. A muffled scream from behind the closed curtain. Katie, she called again. Katie? Katie? Is that you? Chapter 25 Katie? No answer. Selena grabbed the back of a chair and listened. Silence now. No scream, no cry, no sound. Get out of here, screamed a voice in Selena's head. Turn around and run. Katie is in danger because of me, Selena reminded herself. Did she hear someone behind the curtain? She had no choice. She had to find out. She picked up the flashlight and slid it into her jeans pocket. Then she began to move through the blackened auditorium. It was so dark that she could barely make out the stage ahead of her. She tiptoed down the center aisle, scarcely daring to breathe, her ears alert for any sound. Moving carefully, silently, Selena reached the stage and climbed the steps. She peeked through the curtains, straining to see something, anything. For a moment, she considered turning on an overhead light, but she didn't want to give the sun an advantage. Instead, she switched the little plastic flashlight back on. Katie? she called softly, hearing her own voice tremble. Katie? It's Selena. Still no answer. She pushed through the curtains. Holding her breath, she shone her light around the backstage area. Again, she saw nothing. Selena let the beam of light explore the stage. Empty. No one here. Not a sound. Until she reached the very back of the stage, and heard a moan, so faint that she had to strain to make it out. Katie? she called again. Where are you? Another moan. From above? 
Selina swung the beam of yellow light up toward the catwalk, but the flashlight wasn't powerful enough to reach that high. At the top of the metal ladder stood the small prop room that led out onto the catwalk. Selina knew it was up there, but she had never seen it. Her fear of heights kept her from climbing that ladder. She moved closer to the ladder. Something shiny glinted on the floor beneath it. Selina swung her flashlight beam toward the spot. What shone so darkly there on the floor? A puddle. A dark red puddle. Red as blood. Selina jumped back as she heard another moan from above. The moan of someone in pain. And then the words, so faint, so faint that Selina could barely hear them. Help me, someone. Please, help me. Chapter 26 Selina gazed up at the catwalk. It was very high, she saw, feeling a cold shudder run down her back, so high and steep, straight up. Katie had never been afraid to climb the ladder. Selina had tried to climb it once, on a dare from Jake. She had made it halfway to the top. Then she felt so dizzy and sick that she had to climb back down. Oh! The moan again. I'm coming, Selina called. She shoved the flashlight back into her jeans pocket. Firmly gripping the ladder with both hands, she began to climb, one step after another. Don't look down, she told herself. She climbed higher, higher still. She felt the familiar panic fill her chest. For a moment, the dark wall spun around her. She stopped, shut her eyes, and hugged the ladder as tightly as she could. I can't go any higher, she thought. You have to, she urged herself. This time, you have to. She took another step up. Her stomach churned. Cold sweat beaded her face. Don't think of how high it is, she thought. Just concentrate on each step, one at a time. After what seemed like hours, Selina reached the top of the ladder. She leaned into it, gripping firmly with her right hand. Then she used her left hand to pull out the flashlight and click it on. The beam of light revealed the prop room leading onto the catwalk. The door was shut. Selina saw no sign of Katie no sign of anyone. Katie, she called, her voice choked with panic. Where are you? Silence. Selina glanced down. A wave of dizziness swept over her. For a moment, her grip on the ladder loosened and she knew she would fall. I have to get off this ladder, she thought. Then I'll decide what to do. Gripping the ladder tightly with one hand, she pulled the prop room door open with the other. Then she stepped off the ladder and threw herself into the room. Trembling, she slammed the door shut and leaned against the wall. The prop room was dark. For a moment, Selina saw nothing. Slowly, her eyes focused on a sliver of light sweeping under another door, the door that led onto the catwalk. I'm safe for now, Selina told herself. I'll worry about how to get back down later. Katie, she whispered into the darkness, are you here? No answer. Selina shone the light around the tiny room. She was surprised at how full it was, the rows of shelves crammed with props and costumes. One large storage cabinet divided the room in half. Selina crawled toward it. She heard a scraping sound from the other side of the room. Hey! she spun around. Who's there? she cried hoarsely. Her question was answered by another moan. Selina crawled closer to the cabinet. She leaned around it and found herself face to face with Danny Morris. <laughs>